Welcome to The Laneway, where we delve into all things health, fitness, lifestyle, and sustainable fat loss. But coming at you with an unbiased, educational, and hopefully entertaining approach. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 22. There's got to be some kind of luck in those numbers. Of the Cosmos's number one health and fitness podcast. In today's shit chat, we talk about the list of places that we could live now that we've nearly made it back home. And we also talk about what our plan is for next year. Uh, in the questions, question number one What are the pros and cons of taking a couple of weeks off the gym entirely? Question number two. In a reverse diet, are we essentially converting fats into muscle right now? Question number three, what's the best way to strengthen your core? Question number four, which would you choose, regular Coke or sugar-free Coke? And question five, do macro split ratios matter? I forgot which button was the record button for a sec. How do bodybuilders like their cheese? Shredded. <laughs> I never get jokes. That was a good one, wasn't it? That was it? a good one. I liked it. Bro, we're back in paradise. How good is it though? This fills our soul. Like, you know how as we travel around, I thought that we would be at this point in our trip where we're getting, we're only probably 1100 k's from home. Yeah, we're like, not far, hey. No, nah, like we could drive home tomorrow. Yeah. If we wanted to. Actual, that's what Casey keeps saying. <laughs> yeah, but I thought we'd be at this point in our journey and have like five spots on the list of where, you know, oh no, I don't know if we can live here, we want to live there, we can't choose, there's too many places. Yeah. So far, how many places do you have on your list that we could live? Zero. Zero. Zero, actually zero. I'll just bring up my list. It's With also zero. Zero. Look, I mean... We've seen some awesome places. Yeah. And some incredible shit. Yeah. Like the Ningaloo Reef or the Coral... Is it Coral Coast or whatever? Coral Bay, Ningaloo Coast. Coral Bay is just like below where the Ningaloo... Well, kind of is where it starts. And then all of that area is stunning. Yeah, but it's... There's nothing there. Yeah. Like, like you drag your van onto the beach for a week and then you leave. Yeah, because like, you've run out of food and water and... Yeah. Yeah. And Vaseline. <laughs> For your snorkeling For adventures. my snorkeling moustache, yes. Yeah. But we've got to... So we went... We come across... We went to Cairns and Townsville. Townsville, we actually enjoyed more than what we thought we would. Yeah. We only went on the Strand. We didn't go anywhere else. And the casino, but not for casino, just it's a vibe. It's like a resort there. Yeah, it's beautiful. They've done a fantastic job of the pool and the swim-up bar and stuff there. Yeah. Um, and But now we're, we're just north of Airlie, so we've travelled south from Townsville. We had a couple nights stay over at a hip camp, just so I could have really, just so I, I could have a fire, because yeah. it was going to be a while again so I can have a fire, and I just love sitting around the campfire at night. And then we pulled into a place called Hideaway Bay with a Y. Yes. Hide away. Yes, it's hide away. And it fills our soul. So good. Just going to the ocean, that nice, clear sea. Snor- we had a bit of a snorkel look. It wasn't quite... It started to blow up a bit. So even though it's a bay, there are a couple little waves, which means it's pretty blowy for a bay. And it was just making the visibility a bit lower than what you want probably for snorkeling. Yeah. We started snorkeling. We started a good time. Yeah. But I think it's still, 
it's still burly so far, yeah? Yeah, I still I still feel the same, I feel like. But in saying that, the main question, you know, like we're on the home stretch to get home. Or not to get home, but we're on the home stretch of our full lap. We're due in on the 1st of December. So we're about, I don't know, what's that, six weeks away or something like that. Anyway, the main question, every single person that we speak to, they're like, you're nearly home. So, like, where to Mm. next? And if you asked us probably six months ago, we were like 100% another lap. Now, we don't, it's not 100% not another lap, but we're unsure. We're unsure. We're really unsure for a number of reasons, but I think we still don't know. So, we've booked into Burley for three months. We'll be there with our van for three months. And then, because um, there's a few things that we need to do while we're there, and that their last one's in February, and then, then we're like hoping it will come to us. Hey, that we're literally going to allow the universe to deliver the answer to us in while we're in Burley. We'll either be in Burley, and we'll be like, "This is it. This is home. Let's let's stay," or we'll be like, "Oh my god, the traffic. There's too many people. The beach is so busy." Get me out of here. Yeah. And we don't know which one it'll be yet. Well, we just went down to the beach and it's stunning. And there was not another single soul there. There was people that arrived when we left. But you go to Burley and there's like 6,000 people on the beach. So, I am. I think we'll be shocked. I do think we'll be shocked. Mm. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like we'll maybe either love it or hate it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, so it'll be a tough one. So one of the items on the board we were watching the other night, Birdsville and across the Simpson Desert. Yeah. So you know, so one of the one of the options is yeah, like another lap, but not around the outside. We'd spend a bit more time in New South Vic, we'd go down to Tasmania and then we'd come up the centre of Australia and maybe do Birdsville and maybe cross the Simpson Desert or you know, Uluru and all that sort of stuff, kangaroo, whatever. We hit a kangaroo the other day. Oh, it was so sad. It was sad, actually. I went back um, just to make sure it was dead because it had damaged my car. No, you didn't. No, not really. I thought we had... I was like, oh, we might have missed that. We, You know, like it just... I was, I was thinking, we may have missed it. We might have. And I went back and it was about as flat as one of your wallabies you've got in the fridge, the chocolate wallaby. We were so sad. We were pretty, it was a bit sad actually, wasn't it? It was so sad. Actually it was. I was like, as soon as I saw it and I saw him run out because he's only little, I think it was a wallaby. Yeah. I don't think it was a kangaroo. Look, it could have been a baby kangaroo. It didn't look like he was fat. Like he had a real fat stomach. I don't know. He looked looked like my wallaby chocolates that I ate. Well, you did at the end. Anyway, he ran out and, yeah, we heard the noise and Brad swerved. For him? No, don't be smart. He swerved and we're on a shale road too. Anyway, he swerved and I'm like, oh, I think, I don't know. And Brad's like, I don't know if we got him. I don't think so. And the three of us are just like distraught. It was awful. And then I, and then I came out with it. I was like, I hit a rabbit when I first got my license and I bawled my eyes out. <laughs> it was so sad. I uh. was like, oh, it was awful. <laughs> um, we, we had our binge eating expert on. Yes. And anyone that's about to, that's not a binge eater and is about to tune out, tune back in. 
Right now. Right now. Because I know when I listen to podcasts, sometimes I tune in, sometimes I tune out. Yeah. And I'll get to the end of the podcast and I'll be like, I might ask a question. And the person literally answered it in that podcast. <laughs> but I was tuned out at that time. So if you are not a binge eater, listen up. If you are a binge eater, listen, listen up. up. We had a binge eating expert on and she spoke about so much more than binge eating. It should not have been called a binge eating workshop because that really takes value away from how much amazing content she shared mm. if you are in train with ash go and watch it yeah Pri- abs- absolutely prioritize that above whatever you're going to watch or listen to next pause this right now and go and w- watch go and watch it it is 10 out of 10 it was incredible. It was so she obviously uh, Ellen shared her story where she has a binge eating history, and that was actually really really interesting to listen to. And I can tell already by the comments from the girls in the group, there's a lot of people that resonated with that, which was a great start. Um, but then she went into, you know how you may not necessarily have binge eating, but someone might have told you like maybe you are showing a couple of signs that maybe fits into this box and oh no you are definitely a binge eater because you tick a couple of these things that's not necessarily the case and she really went into depth the difference between binge eating and overeating and when to know it's whether it's a problem Eating disorder versus disordered eating. Yeah, like that was so interesting because like, in our industry, right, people do go, oh, you show like a sign, you, you know, like, oh, you overeat every now and again. And now, you know, oh, well, you've shown one of 10 or 15 signs. So you have, a, you know, an eating disorder, a binge eating disorder, which is quite sad. Yeah. It, it, it can be sad because it depends on how well you are prepared to take news like that. Just as an example, it's like telling someone that they need a therapist for their depression. Mm. Some people are like, fuck, I'm glad you said that to me because I felt like maybe I could do that too. But I feel like that's a small group of people. Yeah, I feel like a bigger group of people are like, fuck you. Who, how dare you say that I need a therapist? I'm not crazy or I'm not mad or whatever. Yeah, Like it's it's... The kind of thing that it's not easy to have a conversation where you can bring it up and the receiver can receive it well. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of similar-ish with like binge eating, disordered eating, eating disorders. And I feel like it helped to bring... I know every time I talk about my challenges and journey with depression, I feel like it helps, it helps me sharing it, but it helps other people too. They always, I always get some messages saying, thanks for sharing, you know, it's something that I've struggled with and, you know, it's, it's embarrassing to talk about or whatever, but it's really normalizes it when you speak about it. Yeah. And I feel like that's, that was kind of how I felt listening to Ellen tell her story about her binge eating and one of the parts she said was like she would leave a party early so that she could go to the shops buy a hundred dollars worth of food go to her car park in a street where she didn't know anybody eat all the food and then put all the wrappers and the packets in some stranger's bin and then drive home yeah I'm like okay that really for me helps like I've never been a binge eater, but it really helps categorize 
because I know when it comes to, there's a lot of good dietitians out there, but there's also some dietitians, I believe they get effectively taught that here's a tick box. Yeah. There's 10, not, you know, and I'm, look, I'm paraphrasing, but there's 10 questions here. If you tick one or two of these, then you have an, an, an eating disorder, etc. Now, yeah, of course, some people will have an eating disorder. However, a lot of people might just have uh, instances where they've overeaten, might, and it might be so much easier to fix than what they thought it was. And all you have to do is just listen to her story because I feel like it helps because one of two things will happen. It will either confirm that, yes, you do have an eating disorder, and now it's awesome. Now you know what to do. Mm. Now you know the exact track that you need to take. Or it'll be the other, and you're like, oh, Actually, I've never done shit like that. That's wild shit. I just binge and restrict. And I'm just binging because I've restricted for eight weeks. And now I've just, you know, want to pour all the thing back in. I don't have um, an eating disorder. I have disordered eating due to restriction. And now I know what to do as well. So each, regardless of which category you fall into, I feel like it would help so much. Because anytime we have like something like an eating disorder, it's there's gray area it's not black and white it's not just you fit into a box you have dis- disordered eating you can't track your food you can't do this you can't do that you must do this you must do that mm. i feel like it there's so much gray area there and it really helped to show black white and gray yeah. in the way that she told her story and then also with like some of the methods that she explained as well yeah I totally agree I think so that was one part that was extremely helpful for like identifying the difference between those two but the other part that I found super duper interesting for our ladies was how she explained um, behaviors and thoughts and how they can obviously impact the outcome or the goal that you're working towards but how those self-destructive thoughts will ultimately not lead you to where you want to be. And a lot of people have got these thoughts like, you know, I've always struggled to lose weight or I've always been overweight or, you know, like this has always been hard for me. Like all of these these thought patterns and she helps you identify where they come from so that then you can change those thought patterns and create a new path and create new habits off the back end of that. And then when you create new habits, off the back end of creating new thought patterns then you actually are able to then achieve your goal with without your mindset kind of being the thing that that stops you mindset stops so many people and it is really hard if you haven't really done much mindset work before because it's counterintuitive mm. so for like as an analogy because I know we have such a big male audience <laughs> When it comes to boxing, the skill of boxing is overcoming your natural instincts. If you watch an untrained fighter have a fight, they're doing the opposite things of what you tactically are taught from a skill set point of view when it comes to boxing. You have to overcome those original built-in, you know, pull your head back, look down, look away, you know, swing for the fences. You need to reverse those like unlearn those built-in habits and i think that when it comes to mindset it's exactly the same your natural built-in path that you would take is going to be difficult to 
unlearn. Mm. And if it's the first time, you know, the first time you get in a boxing ring and someone says, oh, no, don't move your head backwards like that. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? If I don't move my head backwards, I'll get punched in the face. And I say, no, this is what you have to do. You roll this way or you, you know, and you go, oh, okay, that's heaps more effective now. I know. And I feel like that's kind of the same thing. If you've had that, I don't, I don't think Ellen used this, you might have, which is like the long grass. If you walk, let's say you walk to school or to work every day, and it's a, you know, it's a 500 meter walk. And along that 500 meter walk, there's 100 meters of long grass up to your knee. The first day you walk through, you know, the grass pushes over a little bit, but it'll pretty much be stand back up as soon as you step off it. And then you come back the other way and the same thing happens. Well, over time, after a week, after a month, after six months, there's now a track there. There's now a permanent track that you can, there's probably dirt, the grass has stopped growing, etc. If you want to change, that's your brain right now when it comes to the decisions that you make, the way that you talk to yourself, that voice, your, the voice you hear the most is your own. So if it's telling you things that are on that track like, I'll, I never do well at these things. I always fail on my diet. I'm great until the weekend comes. My whole family's fat, so I'm going to be the same. You know, if you're constantly telling yourself those things, then of course that, that's the track that's going to stay clear. What you need to do is start a new track. Mm. And yes, day one, you're going to be like, this surely not, this can't work or whatever. But that's why I always say the chicks that get the best results are the ones that just get out of their own way. If you just move five meters over and start walking, put one foot in front of the other, before you know it, it'll be six months down the road and there's a new track. Now, that old track's still there. It's just covered up a little bit. The grass has started to regrow, which is why it's important for your environment to be such that it keeps you on the new track. It's very easy to look at that old track and go, oh, it's just easy. Can't I just quickly lose five kilos now and then I'll do it right the next time? Well, that's why you've got the first track in the first place because you've constantly tried to take that shortcut. And it's going to be tempting because the grass is not as long over there and it's the way you know. And you could nearly do that with your eyes closed and you've done it before and it worked before, but then. So I think she sort of used a variation of that as well in talking about people, you know, just with their habits and changing the type of person that you are to become the type of person that is capable. And part of that is that self-talk, those, well, I'm going to say that negative self-talk. I sent you that um, clip the other day and I shared yeah. it on my stories. Yeah. I don't even know who it is. No, some old guy. Some old guy. He's like, um, you know, are, are you better off spending your time focusing on positives or are you better off spending your time focusing on not having negatives? And he was like, they did a study and it was extremely clear that your time is more valuably spent removing negatives. You can sit there all day and say the positive things, but if you're also offsetting that by saying the negative things too, then you won't make progress. Simply spending time, because we've all got that gremlin in our head. Yeah. We've all got negative Nancy, you know, yelling over the shoulder. Yeah. That, don't take that track. That's too high. The grass is too high. Could yeah. be a snake in there. Exactly. So, yeah, pushing out those negative thoughts, and I feel like she did probably a better job than I, <laughs> I just did of explaining it, but... If you haven't um, watched it, 
go and check it out. Yeah, it's super powerful. And she's so realistic too. Like even when you just said like those negative short thoughts, sorry, she's not, she says like, don't go into the mirror and be like, I am so beautiful. I love the way that my legs look. If your thing is, I hate the way that my legs look. I never wear shorts because I hate the way my legs look. I feel so unattractive, like all of these things. She even teaches you a way to break that without trying to tell you something you don't quite believe yet. Mm. So it is, it's a must. Go and um, go and watch and listen. It's exclusive to all of our Train With Ash clients. So everyone has access to it. I do remember at the start of my journey as well, trying... Um, what do they call it? Um, affirmations. Affirmations. And they just never worked for me. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, because it was probably so far from... Because it was so far from where I was that I just couldn't believe that I would ever get to, say, the physique I have now. Yeah. It was just too far away. Yeah. Instead, what I needed to focus on was something realistic, something closer, something today that I could believe. You know, like... Instead of being there like, yeah, I'm, I'm a sexy fitness model or, you know, like whatever you say to yourself in the mirror, um, instead be like, I can do this every day. And I know if I do this every day, then eventually I'll get to a point where I do like my, you know, the way that my physique looks or something like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just meeting yourself where you're at, but changing the words that you use for it to, from it to be, you know, like from it, sorry, change it from being entirely negative to something that's actually a little bit more uplifting and motivating. Because at the end of the day, when you speak negatively, that is never in a million years going to motivate you to go and do something that's helping you work towards your goal. Like I, th- I talk about this so much and I, I'm like, I don't think that this ever crosses anyone's mind. If you sit there and you look in the mirror and you're like, I hate the way that I look, I hate this, I'm so sick of being, you know, overweight, I'm always the fat person, that is never going to motivate you to get off your butt and go outside and do whatever it is that you're supposed to be doing to get towards your goal. But if it's less harsh, if it's something that's a little bit more like, you know, uplifting, I can do this, I can be consistent, I've never been so consistent in my life and this is the first time I've ever stuck to a program, you know, if you're someone in Train With Ash, then that's obviously going to be more inspiring and motivating for you to get outside and do, you know, your workout or whatever, um, as opposed to the other. Yeah, there's just, and I know some people struggle, some people are like, look, you know, I don't want to hide my emotions or I don't want to box up the way that I'm feeling. It's not about that. I think it's just about understanding what value each of those. You have a choice. Mm. The choice is completely yours on which way. Like, okay, I'll give a perfect example. I'm going to give you a fucking bang on example. That everyone's going to be like, yeah, all right, you got me there. All right, I'm ready. You have a six-month journey ahead of you, reverse dieting before you can get to a point that you can enter a fat loss phase, which I know sounds fucked to start with, but just bear with me because it, it probably won't be six months, but just for the sake of the argument. During that six months, you feel fluffy and uncomfortable and you don't feel like you can fit into any of your clothes. And each morning you get up, you do the sh- slide thing where you slide yourself into your pants and your pants don't fit. So as a coach, our recommendation would be buy new pants. If you're getting up and you're starting your day every single day, putting on pants that don't fit, buy new pants. 
put the ones there aside for six months and set a date in your calendar, come back in six months and then let's try them on again. People lose their mind and say, I don't have the money for a whole new wardrobe. I can't imagine going out and getting new pants. That's I'm not an, buying a bigger size. I'm not buying a bigger <laughs> size. That's an unacceptable solution to this problem. Now, let me get you on the flip side. You're at the middle of your fat loss phase and your clothes don't fit. They're starting to become a little bit loose around the waist and a little bit loose around the quads. Maybe some of your crop tops are getting a little bit loose around some areas as well. What's the first thing you do? You celebrate and go buy a new whole wardrobe. Now, if you're the type of person that can buy a new wardrobe when you feel like you'd have earned it or deserve it or look good or whatever, then you're also the type of person that owes it to yourself to consider whether that's an option in your reverse diet as well. Not only is it an option, it might be the thing that gets you to that fat loss phase. Mm. The whole thing's a mental journey. This whole thing is a mental journey. And your voice, that subconscious voice in your head, its whole goal is to stop you pushing, stop you mowing a new track. It knows the old track. It's safe. There's no snakes in the grass. There's no bindies. That's survival. We take that track, we survive. We take a new track. Oh, it's scary. I don't know if I can survive. I don't want you on that track. I will say and do anything to sabotage you mowing down a new track. However, if you can push that voice aside just long enough, push those negative thoughts out of your mind, the ones that are not creating value to your day, long enough to create a new track, that's the type of person that hits their fat loss goal and stays there. So it's not about... Boxing up your emotions, you know, which I think that's a, is that more a male thing anyway? It is, yeah. Like we talk and I'm like, I have no child. You're like, you should talk to someone about your childhood trauma. And I'm like, bro, I don't have any childhood trauma. And then, <laughs> and then we'll have D&M sometimes, usually after a, a vodka kombucha or two. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> my mum didn't hug me enough. <laughs> you know, you know. My mum used to, you know, buy me Fong instead of Billabong when all I wanted was Billabong. And yeah, yeah, isn't it funny? Um, the way that your parents, based on the way your parents parented. Yeah, my parents were the strictest parents ever. Yes, on the planet, and maybe it just seemed that way because everyone has a different lens. So I saw them as being strict. They might have seen me as a jerk. And yeah. being like, oh, this fucking jerk again. <laughs> you know, what am I going to do with him? So, but that's how I felt. And then, then we've hung out with um, all different parenting uh, styles, yeah. right? Everyone's got a different parenting style and you're allowed to. That's the point of being a parent. You can, you know. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want with that human. And Case said, Case brought up the other day and he goes, how come you guys are not very strict as parents? <laughs> And I'm like, oh, we can be stricter if you want to. Yeah. But I was like, you know why? Because my memory of my childhood is just no. No, you can never have anything ever. Don't even bother asking for anything ever because you're not getting anything ever. It's already a no before you ask. Yeah. That's how I felt about it. And so that's what I don't want to have for him. Yeah. And which I do wonder, he'll probably be a jerk. Yeah, who knows? Oh, he's he's a good kid. He can be a little turd. He can be a little joke, but for the most part, he's a really yeah, he's a really good kid. Hey, bro, it's a special day today. 
I know. It's our wedding anniversary. It's 12 years wedding anniversary today. Mm. And we both forgot. And this is the first time in 12 years that we've forgotten our wedding anniversary. We have knew it was coming up. Yeah, we spoke about it like days ago. Yeah. And then we just woke up this morning, we were just having coffee. We just chit-chat on the bed having coffee most days. Mm. and Or chit-chat going for a walk, one of, one of the two. Anyway, I'm like there. Anyway, then I started, then I opened my phone. The very first thing I see is a friend that I went to school with that has the same wedding anniversary as us. And she's like, happy wedding anniversary to her husband. And then I clicked my phone close and I'm like, shit, what's the date? <laughs> and then I'm like, and I, I said to Brad straight away, I was like, oh my God, we forgot our wedding anniversary. And he's like, oh my God. And then that was it. Yeah. And then so now here we are. We're like, shall we record a podcast? Yeah. Okay. Like, how should we celebrate? I know how we'll celebrate this day. Well, we went for a frolic in the ocean, yeah. a snorkel, and then now we're having a podcast. Yeah. And then after this, we'll have some lunch. I don't know. Chill out with our kid. That's about it. Maybe a tin or two. Maybe. Who knows? Have to go to the bottle shop. Um, if they have one here. Was that um, pub thing we went to? Oh, actually it was. I'm sure they said they had takeaway or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Shall we get into the questions? Yeah, let's do it. Um, all right. Question number one. What are the pros and cons of taking a couple of weeks off the gym entirely? Pros and cons. Pros and cons. All right. Let's start with Let's start with the pros. Let's start. What's, okay. what's the good things about taking a couple of weeks off the gym entirely? Are you asking me that? I'm kind of asking myself as well. Um, if this is really, so when it comes to, I think, pros and cons of taking time off the gym entirely, I think it's very dependent of the person and the personality and what you typically normally do. You know, if you're going to have, I reckon, a couple of weeks off the gym, maybe one to two weeks, no more, you might find that you come back and feel very refreshed and feel quite strong. I would say that more so happening after a week off as opposed to two weeks off. The downside of that then is that you're going to be so bloody sore. Like even just by having two weeks off training, your first session back, it'll feel like you haven't trained for years. And then you get like a negative feeling like, oh, I shouldn't have had two weeks off. Why did I do it? Mm. Do you know what I mean? I just, I legitimately can't think of any pros. Unless there's a specific situation, like I have a foot fracture and my oncologist... That's not... Has suggested... <laughs> that's not a foot doctor. Has suggested that I take two weeks off to allow it to heal. Like, if you have a specific individual, certain circumstance where two weeks of rest are going to be, you know, mm. fuck, you've got COVID or you've got, you know, if there's something very specific, then mm. there might be a specific reason to have two weeks off. Mm. However, I'm going to be honest with you... It's not going to help with muscle growth. It's not going to help with fat loss. It's not going to help with habits. Um, it's not going to help with your mindset. Won't help with mindset. Won't help with dopamine. It won't help with your mobility. Mobility. Um, what will it help with? You know, like as you said, I could, I can see a week sometimes for people that 
often what will happen is people will overtrain mm. doing like five day splits or whatever, upper lower split, mm. push pull, pre- whatever, push pull legs, whatever. And that individual will have a week off and come back feeling better and stronger. Mm. And that's only because they've been overtraining and they've finally allowed their body to rest and recover and feel now they now they're completely recovered they feel better but the way that we program with three full body days and then if you want to add to that an upper lower focus even if you did all five Mm. i still don't think i still think you're going to have enough recovery in there actually here's something that i would consider to be beneficial if you are excruciatingly sick like not just, I'm not talking like a head cold, but if you have got... That's like an individual, a full, right? That's yeah. a specific... Yes, but I'm just trying to, like the the question is, yeah. like when would it be beneficial? Like, because in, in that instance, there's a lot of people that are, you know, been training for 10 years, very consistent for 10 years. And when they're sick, they'll drag their butt to the gym and, yeah. you know, they're they've got bot, like they've got high temperatures and they're still trying to train and you're like this is now the time that it is okay to rest so i think just being really crystal clear on your intention like if it's if it's a holiday like you know i think i actually think that there's probably more pros to training as opposed to not like in terms of habit and feeling good about yourself and feeling good mentally and yeah like just from a psychological perspective, there, there's far more benefits to continuing. Yeah, I agree. All right, question number two. In a reverse, are we essentially converting fat into muscle right now? This was a question that came through on my DMs. How's this? <laughs> it doesn't happen very often. Um, no, that's not how it works. So I hear all the time, especially when you meet people on the road and um, they're like, what do you do? And they hear that you're, you know, a personal trainer that works online. This is actually one of the questions. Also, what what was the other question we got the other day? Is like um, best, best. best exercise for a flat stomach. Yeah. Um, these This tends to be something that's not quite common common knowledge. When you are losing body fat or growing muscle you're not converting one to the other and vice versa you have got like the two mechanisms there basically if you think about muscle is its own you you grow muscle you lose muscle um, or you maintain it and the same can happen with your body fat it's not interchangeable Um, when you reverse dieting what we're doing is we're trying to increase your metabolic rate. Now, your body, when I say metabolic rate, that means the calories essentially that your body burns on a daily basis. So we're looking to increase the amount of calories that your body burns in order to maintain the current weight that you're at. So if we think about it, if you're going to, let's say you're 80 kilos and let's say you could maintain 80 kilos at two and a half thousand calories a day or you could maintain 80 kilos at 1700 calories a day and you wanted to lose weight we need to obviously create a calorie deficit which one's going to be better we need to be able to have you eating less food than your body burns obviously the 2500 calorie if you were able to obviously maintain your weight on 2500 calories there's going to be enough room for you to create a calorie deficit there so A reverse diet is to help you get your body to a point where it is maintaining the current weight on higher calories so that we can create enough space in order to create a calorie deficit, obviously, aka dropping your calories so that you can lose body fat. Um, 
so that's essentially why or, or what's happening. Now, your body burns calories from one of four different ways, your BM, uh, BMI, your um, TEF. I'm careful with saying these because you guys are going to be like, what the hell? So thermic effect of food, your body burns calories just by eating and digesting food. NEAT, which is your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And that just means like by blinking, talking, like any energy that's burned through non um non-exercise like non um what's the word for it planned Planned, that's it non-planned exercise and then you've got um exercise so exercise activity which is ea and that is responsible exercise is only responsible for 10 percent of your your total daily energy expenditure so as we increase calories slowly in a reverse diet these parts of your total daily energy expenditure will increase so they will so your um, BMR will start to increase a little bit. Your NEAT, so you will notice that you start, well, actually, you probably won't even notice, but you start to blink more, you you know, you fidget more, like your body is actually helping you move more. And as a result of that, you're burning more calories. So all of these areas increase, you know, if you're eating more food, your body's using more calories or is burning more calories just because you're eating and digesting more food. So there's all of these areas that increase overall as a result, your total daily energy expenditure increases and then, yeah, we get to a point where we can reduce your calories. Balls question again? <laughs> Are we converting fat to muscle? Yeah. So short answer, no. You can't convert fat to muscle. You can either gain muscle, lose muscle, or you can gain fat lose fat yeah yeah um all right what's the best way to strengthen your core um physio suggested pilates best way to strengthen your core there's a few different things to do here pilates is on my list but it's not at the top top of my list is to do ab exercises so your core your ab muscles are just like any other muscle so if you think of your bicep to do a bicep curl, you're taking your muscle from, if, if your arm is completely straight, you know, from the fully lengthened position, and then you pull it up like you're trying to show someone your bicep, that's taking that muscle through the full range of motion. Your abs are exactly the same. They, if you were to lay on the floor and have your spine, say, flat, and then try and curl your spine up into a C, like just think about curling that spine, the muscle that is used predominantly to help curl your spine are your abs. This is taking, it's no different to taking your straight arm to a flexed arm. You're taking your straight abs to flexed abs. So any number of specific ab exercises and use a combination of different ab exercises depending if it's upper abs, lower abs or the sexy side bit. You, you can use a variation of, you know, say there's probably a dozen good ab exercises there that you can use. The basics are just as good, like literally a normal sit-up where you lay on the ground, you have your feet or your legs at 90 degrees, so your feet up, not all the way up to your bum, but halfway between your bum and where they would be, and just curl up without using any momentum and then curl back down nice and slow. Do 12 of those. Do 12 of those, even five-second declines. Tell me how your abs feel. They'll be more than likely on fire. That is going to be um, one of the things. Just do specific core work. Next would be do 
and this is for someone that specifically needs it to, to strengthen their core for a specific reason. They've got a weak core, for example. Um, the next thing would be do abs first. So in your training program, do your mobility to start with, and then whatever abs are planned for that day, do, do them first. Um, there is a bit of a myth that if you were to do your abs first and then do a... Um, a little compound exercise like a squat that you would have fatigued the abs too much. But that's really one of those myths that in five years, I think everyone will agree is a myth. I would say at this stage, try it. You try it. You do it for three months and let me know what happens. I think you'll be you'll come back to me saying, I've increased my barbell squat. Oh, my, my low back pain went away. I don't, you know, I, I've, I can start to see some definition in my abs. Um, so yeah, do... Do your abs first in your set, um, in your workout. And then the next is make sure you're doing your compound lifts um, and make sure you're engaging your core properly when doing compound lifts. So things like your barbell back squat and your barbell deadlift, these are using, yes, you're using legs. However, you're using your core as well. And your core will, as long as you're engaging your core correctly, you're not poking your bum out when you do deadlifts or poking your bum out so that you've got anterior pelvic tilt um, which is going to make it difficult for the glutes and the abs to cooperate together which is what we need so as long as you're engaging your core properly that that's what i'll do so my list would be in order would first be do abs first next would be make sure the ab exercise selection is you know one of the top 10 uh, next would be make sure you're engaging your core properly in your compound lifts. And next, after that, I would say if you want to add Pilates on top of what I just said th for once a week, maybe twice a week, that's probably not the end of the world. Physio said Pilates. Look, listen to your physio. If that's what your physio wants you to do, then I guess... He's got the white coat, you know, that's the person you've got to listen to. But I think you'll find that you're going to get a lot more ab development doing ab exercises than what you will doing Pilates, which is, I don't, I don't hate on Pilates. I, I wouldn't do it. I'd rather do yoga individually. However, um, that's that's my thoughts. Okay. Do you want uh, to, are you going to? No, look, I, yeah, I would, I, I tend to agree. I think when it comes to core selection um, or core exercise selection, I think a lot of people pick what's fun um, instead of what's maybe super effective. So like Brad said, like from the, the most effective is from when you're having like full fully lengthened position to a fully contracted position so that's obviously super yeah super effective um but yeah i like if you've got a weak core like then now it's time to strengthen it and like make it the main focus of your whatever it is your program you know whatever yeah whatever is in your program yeah and you might need to get more specific too you know like why are you at the, f the physio? I've got a sore back. Okay, what else is happening with your body? Do you have tight hip flexors and tight quads so it's pushing you into anterior pelvic tilt so you're not able to use your glutes? Like, there, there might be a bit more digging, you know, like, oh, my, back, my back's sore. Oh, cause that's because your core's weak. Go do Pilates. Like, bro. Yeah, like, like yeah. Like, 
there might be some more digging to do there as well. All right. Um, do you want me to ask this one? Oh, yeah. Question four. Which would you choose, regular Coke or sugar-free cocaine? <laughs> regular Coke or sugar-free Coke? Neither, because I don't like Coke. What so. about if you're having, let's say, you're having a Long Island iced tea, a little little, little sippy on a little cocktail, a little longy? If you have a Long Island iced tea, then I'm going to opt for sugar-free Coke because I just think that the calories of Coke in comparison to sugar-free Coke is an absolute waste. Like, why? Like, why would you have the full-strength Coke when you've got the zero-calorie option there? Um, but I, yeah, funny thing, funny story. I actually don't drink Coke, not because I'm a health and fitness fanatic. I never have. My mum never let me have it, have it when I was a kid and I grew up not liking it. So, yeah. I have it in a Long Island iced tea and, which is actually my drink of choice at the minute. Yeah. You've been making them at home and they are so good. I make them quite delicious apparently. Bro, best Long Island iced teas and, and then you compare them to everywhere when we go out. He compares it. He's like, oh, this is terrible in relation to yours. I, I mean, I'm back on Struggle Street with drinks while we're out. Yeah. I can only have so many beers. Yeah. And I, I feel after a certain amount, say after 20, 25 beers. <laughs> He's taking the beers. Say after, if I, don't, if, I'm, if I haven't eaten and I have probably seven or eight beers, I'm probably at about, I feel bloated. I feel full. There's so much liquid volume in there. And because I drink mid-strength, I'm not even ripped, right? Yeah. And so if we go out and I have a half a dozen beers, especially if we go out and I eat, if I add food to that, I am absolutely chock-a-block full. And so I, I don't even reckon that you, there's any way you would make it to seven beers. Like if, if I th- like if I think about you going out, there's no way. Like nowadays you have three beers and you're like, I'm sick of beer. Yeah. Yeah. I was just trying to talk it up, honey. All right. Well, I don't I was know trying to pump up my own tires over here. All right. Um, and so I want to switch to something, something more tastier. And it's, if we're at home, I'll have vodka kombucha. Mm. Beautiful. Oh, double shot of vodka, full ice, half a can of kombucha. Don't change a thing. You're welcome. Give it a try. Mm. It is the best. Low calories, no problem. But when you're out, not really anyone has kombucha. Yeah. And so there's nothing. So then and I'm. And you like, don't like soda water. Yeah, I'm the, one of the very few people on the planet that I just. To me, it tastes like. Remember Aspro Clear? <laughs> yeah. Remember as a kid, they had those Aspro. They still might have, actually. They do I still have them. They have it for like your. Isn't doesn't your mum take it every day for like blood thinner or something? She might do. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there you go. So you're onto the Long Islands, and yeah, you love what I make for you, but you don't like them when we go out because they apparently don't do as good of a job. They don't do as good a so job. So when we're having it in the Long Island, in the caravan, you have I've sugar free. Yeah. Because they're just, it's, um, if you are going to have it anyway, you can just get free calories. Yeah, like you might as well. Like it it makes sense for you to make that switch. Unless you're right at the top of your reverse, you're struggling to get calories in, you're filling yourself up with three cans of Coke a day of zero, no sugar, no calories or whatever, or low calories. Are they zero calories? Yeah, they're zero, but I mean... Even then, guys, like, I would not be drinking a full can of, like, of sugar syrup. Like... It's not sugar syrup, honey. Oh, I just am so... 
meh when it comes to Coke. I'm like, there's better options out there. Like what? Have like Fanta. a 250 calorie glass of orange juice if you're going to, you know, it, just for like, and not just like concentrate orange concentrate like just for like just a bit of extra like maybe a vitamin in there or something do you know what I mean look I think it really depends I think it really depends where you are in your journey if you are on 1500 calories you're towards the end of your fat loss phase you're having cravings Mm. then sugar-free coke can be a game changer you can have a zero calorie coke Mm. feel satiated Feel like you've had that, even though there's no sugar in it. Feel like you've had that sugar hit or that taste, that flavor, and feel satisfied, plus have some volume of something in your stomach. Whereas that's not a good time. If you don't feel like water, is that what you mean? Like if you're like... I wouldn't even say that. I would say that any time you can add free flavor towards the end of a fat loss phase... There's going to be value for a certain group of people. So for yourself, mm. you just drink water. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> other people like sweet stuff, like lollies or whatever. And so for an individual that's at the bottom of the phallus phase, they've, all they're eating is fucking chicken and a boatload of veggies. And they're like, I just need, you know, like, yeah, all right, it's, it's filling-ish. But I just need, you know, it's 3 p.m., I can't make it to dinner time. I'm hungry. All I'm thinking about is food. Treat yourself. Have a can of Coke Zero. No sugar, whatever. I don't know if there's a difference, whatever. And that might be the difference between sticking to your fat loss phase and not sticking to your fat loss phase. So is water better? Well, technically, probably. However, if you lose 10 kilos, every health marker will improve across your body. So if you're drinking water because you want your health markers to improve versus no sugar Coke, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. However, devil's advocate, if the Coke no sugar is the thing that keeps you in your fatless phase and it's the thing that gets you to lose 10 kilos, then in that case, I'm going to say Coke's healthier for you than water. Yeah, I know what you. I know exactly. What you know you're what saying. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Because particularly, there's been studies that have have been done that show people show you that people that don't um, track their food, yeah, and they just make a small small swap, like going from Coke to Coke no sugar, yeah, that they will make up for those calories in another way over the course of the day. And they they're like, oh well, I'm making you know like, you know, you've always seen. Um, Oh, okay, but they had, you know, that person had a, you know, large Big Mac meal and they got the Diet Coke. You might as well just have the real the real deal. Well, not necessarily. Um, you're obviously saving a good couple hundred calories there by, by swapping over. But, yeah, the studies have shown that if you're not tracking your food that you will make up for those calories mm. in another way over the course of the day anyway. So, yeah. Which, while we're on the topic of Big Macs, have you seen the size of a Big Mac lately? No, I have not. It's like a cheeseburger. Is it? Bro. Oh, didn't even know. Now you know. Now I know. <laughs> now you know. Now I know. Um, so which one would you choose if you had to choose? You'd go no sugar. I'd go no sugar. I'd go no sugar as well. Yeah. Anytime, if we're out and Case has been good and he wants a Coke, I'll get him a Coke, no sugar. Mum will not. Mum says no. Case Mum. comes to the bar with dad, knowing 
that he'll get a coconut sugar from dad. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I've carried that. I've carried that trait over from my mum. Yeah. Never being allowed to have coke, and I'm not sad about it now. Mm. Um. All right. Question number five. Do macro split ratios matter? Look, I'm going to lean into what I just said, and I'm going. What when I just said about you know if if you lose ten kilos every health marker across your body that everyone would agree is a health marker yes will improve so there's going to be it's a bit of gray area i'm going to say no the only thing that matters is you get enough protein and you stick to your weekly calorie budget that's all that matters now in saying that it does get nuanced but mm. let's just not put the cart before the horse You've been trying to lose 10 kilos for 20 years or 20 kilos for 10 years or whatever it is. You've lost it, you've gained it, you've lost it, you've gained it. If you can lose that 10 kilos, 15 kilos, 20 kilos, whatever it is, and keep it off, you will live longer. You will be healthier. You will be happier. You will be stronger. And you will be maybe a better role model for your kids or your dog or both. Did you say your dog? Yeah, well, maybe, bro. It's, you mm, know, t- taking him or for a walk cat. or some shit. Yeah. The cat doesn't care, bro, if you die. The cat doesn't care. No, There's the dog no empathy does. in a cat. The dog, <laughs> way. The dog's going to be sad, bro, if you go. So, so that's why I say carbs and fats don't matter. They have zero impact on muscle growth. They have zero impact on fat loss. The only thing that impacts either muscle growth or fat loss is protein and calories. Full stop. However, yes, as, uh, particularly females do need a certain amount of fat in their diet for healthy hormone production. So that's why I say let's focus on one first and then the other. What can happen is you can start a new diet or trend or whatever and you can get so caught up in the minors that it just makes it so hard that you give up altogether. So if you have a macro split and you go, I must have this much fat so that I've got healthy hormones. I must have this much carbs so that I've got enough energy to train. And I must have this much protein so that my muscle can grow. And then I have to have this much calorie so I can either gain muscle or lose fat. There's so many rules, bro. And it makes it so hard, especially if you're not... if you. If you're 12 months into your TWA journey, you know enough, bro. You, yeah, if you want to start looking at fat, if you want to start looking at carbs, if you want to start playing around with them, play around them, that's the time. But let's lose that weight first and then worry about it. Or look for signs in your body that might be a negative feedback where you need to fill a gap. So, yes, I am having hormone issues. Okay, let's just do a quick audit of your last three or four weeks. How much fat have you been having on average? And does, is that enough? And that as an, an individual person-by-person person basis, wait until there is that sign and then look into it and go, okay, well, I just have to add a little bit of avocado or maybe a couple nuts or something like that or whatever you want for some healthy fats so that I can have healthy hormone production. Or I feel like shit before the gym, but if I have a half a banana stuffed down my throat, then I feel better. You know, so look for that reactive... Instead, because you, you know, your first dinner out with a, a, a macro split target, 
you're trying to tear your hair. Okay, so hang on a minute. The schnitzel, okay, if I just get half, can you do half of the chicken schnitzeled and half of it parmesaned? But then also, can I have a small piece of chicken that's got that's nude? And then uh, can you know, like it's just impossible to meet those targets. And when things get too hard, you just don't do them, and then you don't lose any of the fat. And that's the one thing that's going to improve your health more than anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I actually did an Instagram reel on this the other day, like maybe a couple of weeks ago. And I said, no, macro splits don't matter when it comes to fat loss. Yes, obviously, um, like Brad just said, fats. You just call me Brad? Yeah. That was weird. Yeah, but like to the audience, I'm not going to be like, just like Babe said. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Can you call me Babes? Babes, just like Babes just said. <laughs> um, yeah, like you obviously need enough fats, but typically most people are eating enough anyway. So unless you're specifically trying to be low fat... And as a result of that, you're eating next to none. Um, Especially yeah. in our program, because we're increasing calories, generally speaking, as step one, not cutting your calories in half. Yeah. Most people, if they've struggled with l- not enough fat in their diet, it's because they've started fucked 800 or something like that. And they're literally eating such low calories. Fat's expensive for calories, bro. Mm. There's nine calories for every gram of fat where there's only four for every protein and every carb. So it's expensive. You don't have to have that much fat and the calories add up really fast. So if you're on a very low calorie diet, 1,000 calories, 1,200 calories, any of these dog shit diets, then maybe in that situation, you need to. Cons- it's more important for that individual to consider fat because they're probably te- trying their best to go everything as low fat as possible to get good value calories however if you're with us and you're doing the opposite where we're increasing your calories over time as ash just said babes as babes just said that's you're more than likely hitting it already fiber i put in that same sort of group as well you know fiber is a good thing if you only shit once a week Let's do an audit of your fiber and just see how much you're getting. Yeah. If you are regular and you've got no signs of like problem and, and, and I don't mean low energy, you know, who's got enough energy? No one. Heaps and heaps of people are always like, yeah, I could do with some more energy, but yeah, I don't know. Yes. So, all right, cool. That's the end of the podcast. That's the end of our special, um, uh, anniversary edition <laughs> Podcast. Edition podcast. That's what we're doing for each other. <laughs> Happy anniversary, babe. Thank you, darling. Happy anniversary. Um, guys, if you don't already follow me, head over to Ash underscore underscore Lane. If you don't already follow Brad at Train with Brad, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. If you have any questions, shoot them across. Yes, please do. All right. All right. Love, love you, bye. you bye.